Welcome to Urban Principal, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. We are on episode 93, season 2. And I'm calling this leadership tribute to Colin Powell because today, uh, great leader Colin Powell passed away at 84 um, partially due to COVID complications and many other health ailments that he had. Um, you probably remember that he was born in New York in 1937, became a four-star general in the U.S. Army, and he, of course, uh, earned numerous awards and honors and uh, through his military, civilian, and foreign work uh, life and uh, was an outstanding leader. And he served uh, many presidents in many roles. Uh, uh, he was just a, an outstanding leader. And I have some books I'd like to share some things uh, from tonight. Uh, one of them is called It Worked For Me in Life and Leadership, Colin Powell with uh, Tony Colts. And then the other one is The Leadership Secrets of Colin Powell by Oren Harari. And it's it was a national bestseller. It's got some really nice, uh, great stuff in it, and his his quotes are amazing, so I'd like to share some of those um, tonight and share a quick, uh, this is, he had his 13 rules for leadership, and I can't really do them justice in the time of this show, but I can do a short synopsis of some of these, and of course, if you ever go read his books, you'll see that he has stories around everything, and of course, most uh, outstanding leaders do have stories around lessons they've learned, uh, including myself and all the things that I've experienced. And his, he has definitely had a, um, a an abundance of experience and all these things that have led up to his leadership. And his thirteen rules for leadership. Let me start going through a few of these. It ain't as bad as you think. It will look better in the morning. That's one of his, that's his first rule. Uh, he says, maybe it will, maybe it won't. This rule affects an attitude and not a prediction. I have always tried to keep my confidence and optimism up no matter how difficult the situation. A good night's rest and the passage of just eight hours will usually reduce the infection. Leaving the office at night with a winning attitude affects more than you alone. It also conveys that attitude to your followers. It strengthens their resolve to believe we can solve any problem. Uh, excellent leadership skill. And then his second one is get mad, then get over it. Everyone gets mad. It is a natural and healthy emotion. You get mad at your kids, your spouse, your best friends, your opponents. My experience is that staying mad isn't useful. The experience was... Tested, and he talks about uh, different people, uh, foreign ministry he worked with, and he has a story about that. And he talks about some of his own anger issues and things that he learned early on. Um, and he got corrected by a commander and said, Young Powell has a severe temper, which he makes a mature effort to control. Uh, and he said, He nailed me, but also gave me a life preserver. And he worked hard over the years to make sure that when he got mad, he got over it quickly. And he said, I never lose control of myself with a few lapses I won't discuss here. I've done reasonably well. And that is so true because as a leader, he always was so calm and in control. And maybe that is something he had to learn, but he was very good at that. And uh, number three was avoid having your ego so close to your position that when your position fails, your ego goes with it. And he learned from a meeting. I'm not going to go into the stories too much because there's uh, too much material and it'll take us... 
lot more than we have for the show, but um, he talks about some uh, attorneys and one of the lawyers, um, when one of them left the room, the other lawyer looked at him and said, never let your ego get so close to your position that when your position fails or falls, your ego goes with it. In short, accept that your position was faulty, not your ego. And then uh, number four, uh, his fourth rule of leadership is it can be done. This familiar quotation is on a desk plaque given to me by the great humorist Art Buchwald. Once again, it is more about attitude than reality. Maybe it can't be done, but always start out believing you can get it done until facts and analysis pile up against it. Have a positive and enthusiastic approach to every task. Don't surround yourself with instant skeptics at the same time. Don't shut out skeptics and colleagues who give you uh, solid counter views. It can be done, should not metamorphose into a blindly can-do approach, which leaves you running into brick walls. I try to be an optimist, but I try not to be stupid. <laughs> and that is excellent, uh, coming at it with that positive attitude that we always talk about on this show. Uh, number five, be careful what you choose, you may get it. Nothing original in this one, don't rush into things. Yes, there are occasions when time and circumstances force you to make fast decisions, Usually there is time to examine the choices, uh, turn them over, look at them in the light of the day and the darkness of night, and think through the consequences. You will have to live with your choices. Some bad choices can be corrected, some you'll be stuck with. And as principals and leaders, a lot of times you're making decisions on the fly, and some you do have time with, like he's saying, and some you do not. Some you have to do on the spot. Uh, the number six rule is... Uh, don't let adverse facts stand in the way of a good decision. Superior leadership is often a matter of superb instinct. When faced with a tough decision, use the time available to gather information that will inform your instinct. Learn all you can about the situation, your opponent, your assets and your liabilities, your strengths and weaknesses, the threats and risk. Uh, risks. Select several possible courses of action, then test the information you have gathered against them and analyze one against the other. Often the factual analysis alone will indicate the right choice. More often your judgment will be needed to select from the best courses of action. This is the moment when you apply, you apply your instinct instinct to, to smell the right answer. This is where you apply your education, experience, and knowledge of external considerations unfamiliar to your staff. This is when you look deep into your own fears, anxiety, and self-confidence. This is where you earn your pay and position. Your instinct at this point is not a wild guess or a hunch. It is an informed instinct that knows from long experience which facts are the most important and which adverse effects, however adverse, can be set aside. As the saying goes, good judgment comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. Uh, excellent. His seventh... Uh, rule of good leadership is you can't make someone else's choices. You shouldn't let someone else make yours. We are taught in the military to take full responsibility for everything your unit does or fails to do and what you do or fail to do. Since ultimate responsibility is yours, make sure that the choice is yours and you are not responding to the pressure and desire of others. That does not mean your decision has to be solitary or lonely. Seek the advice of others, but be aware that people are always around who are full of advice and sure they know how you should decide. All too often, your decision affects them and they are pushing you in a direction that's more in their interest than yours. Never forget that your informed instinct is usually the most solid basis for making a decision. Uh, another excellent point. And then his eighth rule of leadership 
check small things. We are all familiar with the old rhyme that begins for for want of a nail. It reminds us how small actions can result in large consequences. Success ultimately rests on small things, lots of small things. Leaders have to have a feel for small things, a feel for what is going on in the depths of an organization where small things reside. The more senior you become, the more you are insulated by pomp and staff, and the harder and more necessary it becomes to know what is going on on six floors down. Uh, Excellent. And number nine, share credit. When something goes well, make sure you share the credit down and around the whole organization. Let all employees believe they were the ones who did it. They were. Send out awards, phone calls, notes, letters, pats on the back, smiles, promotions, anything to spread the credit. People need recognition and a sense of worth as much as they need food and water. And that was a big one I've always done as a principal. And I learned that from some very good past uh, principal mentors that I had to always make sure that the staff gets credit and to take the blame if needed and give them the credit they deserve and publicly for sure make sure you acknowledge people and as he was saying um, give them pats on the backs and notes and awards and letters phone calls and so on Uh, excellent point number 10 remain calm be kind few few people make sound or sustainable decisions in an atmosphere of chaos The more serious the situation, usually accompanied by a deadline, the more likely everyone will get excited and bounce around like water on a hot skillet. At those times, I try to establish a calm zone, but retain a sense of urgency. Calmness protects order and ensures that we consider all the possibilities, restores order when it breaks down and keeps people from shouting over each other. You are in a storm. The captain must steady the ship, which all... Watch all the gauges, listen to all the department heads, and steer through it. If the leader loses his head, confidence in him will be lost, and the glue that holds the team together will start to give way. So assess the situation, move fast, be decisive, but remain calm, and never let them see you sweat. The calm zone is part of an emotional spectrum that I work to maintain. Excellent. And rule number... 12, or did I do 11? I'm going pretty fast tonight, I'm sorry. Uh, 11, have a vision and be demanding. Followers need to know where the leaders are taking them and for what purpose. Mission, goals, strategy, and vision are conventional terms to indicate what organizations set out to accomplish. There are excellent and useful words, but I have come to prefer another, and I believe them. Uh, the better term is Purpose. Think how often you see it. Sense of purpose. What's the purpose? It serves a purpose. Purpose is the destination of a vision. It energizes that vision, gives it force and drive. It should be positive and powerful and serve the better angels of an organization. Better angles of an organization. Uh, Leaders must embed their own sense of purpose into the heart and soul of every follower. The purpose starts from the leader at the top and through infectious, dynamic, passionate leadership. It is driven down throughout the organization. Every follower has his own organizational purpose that connects with the leader's overall purpose. And we've talked about that a lot on this show, that if your enthusiasm comes through as you're uh, helping that to perpetuate that vision and that mission for the organization and your staff works together, you're going to build a strong team and it's going to be infectious And that goes through your whole organization. Uh, Number 12, don't take counsel of your fears or naysayers. 
This one has a long history. You can trace it back to Marcus Aurelius, Andrew Jackson, Theodore Roosevelt, Winston Churchill, and hundreds of others. Perhaps the best known comes from Franklin D. Roosevelt's first inaugural address. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Uh, fear is a normal human emotion. It is not in itself a killer. We can learn to be aware when fear grips us and can train to operate through and in spite of our fear. If, on the other hand, we don't understand that fear is normal and has to be controlled and overcome, it will paralyze us and stop us in our tracks. We will no longer think clearly or analyze rationally. We prepare for it and control it. We never let it control us. If it does, we cannot lead. And as a leader, you have to be able to lead. So, excellent point. And then his last rule of an effective leader or his leadership rules is number 13. Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. In the military, we are always looking for ways to leverage up our forces. Having greater com communications and command and control over your forces than your enemy has over his is a force multiplier. Having greater logistics capability than the enemy is a force multiplier. Having better trained commanders is a force multiplier. Perpetual optimism, believing in yourself, believing in your purpose, believing you will prevail in demonstrating passion and confidence is a force multiplier. If you believe and have prepared your followers, the followers will believe. Uh, excellent. Coming from the leader. And that was from Colin Powell. It worked for me in life and leadership with Tony Colts. And then to wrap up tonight, instead of one quote, I'm going to do a series of quotes from Colin Powell uh, because he's in so, so insightful and there's so many good ones. Um, and this is from the Leadership Secrets of Colin Powell. And I said that was Oren Herrera. Hopefully I'm not butchering that name. It was a natural uh, national bestseller. And let's do some of these. They're really good. Every organization should tolerate rebels who tell the emperor he has no clothes. And in our case, every district should tolerate uh, rebels who tell the district they have no clothes. Because sometimes they need to hear uh, what they don't want to hear about how the organization's working or what needs to change or how we can improve it. And hopefully they're an organization that actually does allow that. Um, because many districts do that, that and... And they need to empower their principals and make sure that their leaders have the ability to do what they need to do. Uh, let's see. There's another great one. Uh, plans don't accomplish work. Goal charts or in walls don't accomplish work. It is the people who get things done. So remembering again the importance of your staff and how everybody working together is what makes the difference. If you are going to achieve excellence in big things, you develop the habit in little matters. Excellence is not an exception. It is a prevailing attitude. Oh, these are so many good quotes. And here's another one. Uh, fit no stereotypes. Don't chase the latest management fads. The situation dictates which approach best accomplishes the team's mission. Um, and moving on. This is when it was under his chapter on picking the right people. Uh, look for intelligence and judgment, and most critically, a capacity to anticipate, to see around corners. Uh, next. The people in the field are closest to the problem, closest to the situation. Therefore, that is where real wisdom is. And that's an important point to remember as well, especially from central office people. If they're not out in the field as much, are not um, doing what the principals are doing and working as the teachers are working. You don't see what's happening in the buildings as much and you don't have as much of an understanding 
of where people are coming from, especially now um, in their current circumstances. Uh, here's another good one. The leader sets an example, whether the army or civilian life, the other people in the organization take their cue from the leader, not from what the leader says, but what the leader does. And this chapter was on optimism and talking about the force multiplier, which we heard about in one of his leadership principles. And he says, don't let adverse facts stand in the way of a good decision. Never step on enthusiasm. Uh, important point with your staff, never step on enthusiasm. If they're excited about things, you need to promote that and see where it can lead. And then to end tonight, I want to finish with uh, another one more quote. And I think this is a good one to end with. Uh, never become, become so consumed by your career that nothing is left that belongs only to you and your family. Don't allow your profession to become the whole of your existence. Uh, excellent words of wisdom from Colin Powell. And we honor a great man and the passing of um, a great leader. And as usual, uh, keep promoting effective leadership through productive culture changes and try and apply some of the the, the um, rules that he gave, all of them were great uh, leadership skills and important positive leadership skills that many that we have talked about on this show. So continue to, to work for that productive culture change. And until next time, let's stay positive. You've been listening to Urban Principle. Leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com.